Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hi, BitChute family. Thank you for joining us. Brought to you by AgorasNexus.com, the premier sponsor of the Use Guys That podcast. Don't forget about my friend, our friend, Bobby, and Fairly Decent Golf on TikTok and Instagram. Check out Bobby. He just had a birthday the other day. Happy birthday to him. Uh, once again, I know I already wished you a happy birthday, Bobby, but happy birthday again from all of us to you. Fairly Decent Golf. Check it out. Uh, lots of funny stuff. Great merch. He carries our merch as well. So Bobby's a friend of the show, friend of the family. So we love Bobby and try to help him out any way we can. So I hope everybody had a good week. Uh, a lot of things have been happening. The death toll that at the end of the last show, for those of you that had not tuned in, the Hawaiian wildfire was pretty fresh and the death toll has climbed like a lot. It's been really bad. People, pets, every, it's just been a complete total fucking disaster. Um, and we're really, you know, it's, it's just terrible. You hate to, you hate to read about it. Now, while all this is going on, Mr. Trump has found himself yet again being indicted again uh, for the 2020 trying to influence the election. He's being he's going to be tried in Georgia, down in the south, uh, where some of you come from that listen to the show and watch the show. Someone went down to Georgia. Yeah, uh, Trump went down to Georgia and he's going to get arrested uh, and he's going to get thrown in jail. He's going to be found guilty. But anyway, uh, that doesn't sound like a good country song. (laughs) (laughs) This lyrics were terrible, Jay. They didn't even rhyme. <laughs> yeah, it was the rhyme scheme, the rhythm. What the fuck? <laughs> for those of you that don't uh, are not on the B, the B side squad for the Patreon, we we had to look up interesting song lyrics to a group of people that I had not thought of or referenced in probably twenty years. The Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> um, the shit's hilarious. Um, it's it's funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know how anybody could take that stuff seriously. If you guys do, you're uh, what do they call them? Juggalos. Good, good yeah. luck. To you. I, hey, listen. I wish that hey, Kiss wears makeups, and people love Kiss, and I don't like Kiss at all, um, except for Detroit Rock City. That's a good yeah, song. yeah. That's a good song. Um, but I want to talk I about think you're saying it wrong, though, Jay. What? Is, what am I saying? Oh, whale's vagina. <laughs> he said it wrong. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just fucking up all over the place today. Uh, <laughs> Wild vagina, rock, rock city. I mean, admit, like I'm not a big Kiss fan, but admittedly, like that that song does kind of rock. Like, oh, I, I absolutely. That song, yeah. like, I, I got to give song. it up to that. And I'm not a kick, especially like Gene Simmons is a real fucking prick. And I don't like him at all. Not a fan. No, I'm no, not, a, not a fan. He is such a prick. But that song does pop. It's really. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, that song definitely kicks ass. You know, credit where credit is due. Absolutely. You no know, about it. your fucking makeup is goddamn stupid. Your bass player is a dickhead, but that song rocks. That song rocks, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, speaking of things that don't rock, but people keep showing up for, I genuinely and I want to get the the analysis, the analysis of the group here today. Do we <laughs> feel bad for people who have the opposite of Trump derangement syndrome? That is. Trump cocksucking syndrome, where no matter what he does, they two ends of the spectrum. Yes, you know. I I just feel well sometimes. Sometimes, okay. Okay, like I just feel bad for people who 
actually think that the politician that they have voted for or um I guess yeah voted for is doing anything for them to even appreciate it and I feel bad for the people who hate the politician that was voted in whom they don't like and blame them for everything because they're doing nothing one way or the other Mm -hmm. so I feel sorry for them because they're not smart enough to realize that it's rigged and they continue to participate and they continue to believe in this system and i feel sorry for them i just i like like there's people like that just politics are are like their personality Mm -hmm. and it's like yes man (laughs) man there's so much more like like come on like yeah i agree um the thing is that where I stop feeling bad is they continuously get grifted. Um, and there's a prominent thinker whose name will remain um, shrouded in mystery. Uh, I didn't think of this, but this person did. And he said that I, he knew this person, Mr. Trump, was not serious when he didn't uh, give up his company when he became president you know how that's typically something you give up all business interests so there's no conflict of interest when you're the president of the united states right mr trump did not do that and the speculation this individual feels that he speculates this was all for his brand that he actually did not care about the job he just wanted the title it had nothing to do, and clearly it had nothing to do with helping the working class of, of the, you know, the United States. The, the Amer- these people, he knew the audience to target, okay, which were disaffected working class people in certain states in the union, meaning Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. place, well, Ohio, not so much, but definitely Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, where a Republican hadn't won since, you know, Christ was wearing short pants. Um, and he did it by playing. Th- he played the numbers game. He knew he wasn't going to win the electoral college. He was like, I just need a few keys to this to this uh, puzzle and I'm going to win. And he did, which is actually quite good strategic thinking. Right. But the thing is, is he was never really serious about doing anything for the country. Like he would be handed briefs, intelligence briefs daily in the morning. He would have the morning presidential uh, intelligence brief about, you know, things about you know other countries that want to murder everybody here it's his job to kind of review they're putting mm-hmm. together all this information they had to like put his name on everything in order for him to pay attention otherwise he wouldn't read it like it had to like and then remember the uh, stimulus checks that uh, the donny bucks the donny dollars that went out he wanted his signature to be on the checks so everybody knew that they were getting checks from him so it's all about ego right it's all and but the thing is is we read an email on this show, if you guys remember, about somebody saying that he was like Jesus Christ, which is the biggest blasphemy I can think of. Right, uh, right. Right, you know. Um, okay, let's get into this. All right, let's get into this. So this one is from, uh, I looked this up from CNBC. Several of the attorneys who spearheaded President Donald Trump's frenzied effort to overturn the results of the 2020 election tried and failed to collect payment for work they did for Trump's political operation. According to testimony, the congressional investigators in the Federal Election Commission records. This is despite the fact that their lawsuits and false claims of election interference helped Trump's campaign 
and allied committees raised $250 million in the weeks following the November vote. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot said in a final report. Among them was Trump's closest ally, former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Trump and Giuliani had a handshake agreement that Giuliani and his team would get paid by the Trump political operation for their post-election work, according to Timothy Parlator, an attorney for longtime Giuliani ally Bernard Carrick. But the Trump campaign and its affiliated committees ultimately did not honor that pledge. Big shock, according to campaign finance records. The records showed that Giuliani's companies were only reimbursed for travel and not the $20,000 a day he requested to be paid. Parlator also told CNBC that Giuliani's operation was never compensated for its work, according to Parlator. The failure to pay Giuliani and his team came up last week in a private interview between prosecutors and special counsel Jack Smith's team and Carrick, a member of Giuliani's team in late 2020. Quote, lawyers and law firms didn't do shit, were paid lots of money, and the people that worked their ass off got nothing, Carrick complained in 2021 tweet. Bob Costello, Giuliani's attorney, declined to comment further about the agreement citing privileged conversation between his client, then-president Donald Trump. Trump has a long history of not paying his bills. The revelation that he likely stiffed Giuliani, a longtime friend, is all the more striking, given that much of the work Giuliani did for the Trump operation is detailed in the sprawling RICO indictment in Georgia, which is used against uh, organized crime, by the way, you know, gangsters, yeah. uh, in which... Uh, Giuliani is a co-defendant alongside Trump and 17 other people. The best part about this is, is Giuliani used RICO predicates to go after I Italian mobsters in New York. And guess what? An I Italian is getting rung up on a RICO and his name is Rudolph Giuliani. Bravo. Benissimo. A nice job, Signore Giuliani. You are a fucking Correcto. Um, criminal or not, what is indisputable is that Giuliani's team did a lot of legal and PR work for Trump. Over more than two months, Giuliani served as the public face of Trump's election challenges, which ultimately failed. Nonetheless, these challenges helped Trump and his allies raise an unprecedented $250 million from small donors in the weeks following the November election, according to the final congressional report by House Select Committee on the January 6, 2021 insurrection and Nazi takeover of the Capitol. The money came in response to countless fundraising appeals that claim it was needed to fund Trump's election challenges in court. I hope he has that money still. He's going to need it. Yet instead of paying the lawyers who tried unsuccessfully to overturn his loss, the money was went into Trump's leadership uh, political action committee, Save America. According to the final report by House Select Committee, after raising $250 million on false voter fraud claims, mostly from small donors, President Trump did not spend it on fighting an election he knew he'd lost. Trump's entire political network, including his joint fundraising committee, spent over $47 million combined from the start of 2020 through the end of 2021 on legal fees, according to a report by Open Secrets. Today, that money raised by Trump's political operation is instead of helping Trump pay his own legal bills in criminal cases against him. Trump's Save America Political Action Committee spent over $20 million in the first half of the year alone on legal fees as the president faced the first two of his four indictments. The PAC began the second half of the year with only about $3 million in cash on hand. Giuliani is not the only unindicted co-conspirator in special counsel's election case who got stiffed by the Trump operation. Federal Election Commission records and testimony from the House on January 6th select, commit, select committee hearings 
reveal that none of the private sector lawyers identified but not indicted in the case got paid for their post-election work, not Sidney Powell, Kenneth Chesborough, or John Eastman. Giuliani and Eastman wanted a mix of reimbursements and payments, but records show they received virtually none of that money. Powell had to turn to her own law firm to pay her volunteers. All the while, Trump's uh, team raised hundreds of millions of dollars off false claims of election fraud that Powell and Giuliani promoted on TV and in court. So, we know that Mr. Trump never paid his bills when he was doing shit in Atlantic City back in the day. All right, that's come out after a long time. Now, $250 million from small donors. That translates to the MAGA people that work at 7-Eleven, that don't like Mexicans or Puerto Ricans or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The small voters who think that Mr. Trump is going to defend the Bill of Rights and Constitution are cutting $20 checks. That's how he's raising his money, and he's using it to fight the federal government in court or the state government of Georgia, the People's Republic of Georgia, Georgia Stan. Yeah. In Atlanta Stan. Um, good luck to Mr. Trump. But the thing is, is what gets to me, you guys, is that it keeps happening and he still makes money. Do you remember his NFT thing? His NFT thing had nothing to do with his campaign. He sold NFTs of himself and made a shitload of money. No. Oh yeah. Chris, do you remember that? I believe you. I'm just saying I don't remember it probably because my brain was like, this is stupid. Delete. <laughs> you know, like who would buy a Trump? Uh, never mind. I'm not going to say that. Right. Somebody did. A lot of somebody's did. There's a yeah. sucker. There's a sucker born every day. You better believe it. Um, here we go. How much did Trump make on the NFTs? OpenSea discloses that all sales have a 10% royalty to the creator, which is higher than the average 5%. With 19 million in sales since inception, this project would have earned the entity behind it 1.425 million after subtracting OpenSea's 2.5% fee. So he made off of something that's not worth anything. Let's see how much they're worth now. You think they're worth more now that he's going to go to jail? Let's see. I don't know. I mean, what do they even look like? Let's see here. It would, oh no, if you had invested in Donald Trump's NFTs, they would currently be worth around $1,948.30. It will depend, the price will depend on the market performance, but uh, the market cap is 4,770 ETH floor price, 0.106 ETH. Okay, hold on. These are his, there are four. So let me close out of this really quick. Yeah, here we go. Okay. The rock star, the hero. Go ahead. I click on this. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Is go. that the cosmonaut? Oh yeah, the Red Dead Redemption version. I he sold these. This is amazing. And then this one, I don't know. And people, <laughs> like Where's... who? Who thought that this was like a good idea? Apparently, enough people that he made quite a profit on it. I mean, look at that. Like, this is like, I I don't even know what to say. It's pure cringe. Like, who would pay for this shit? Like, a hundred bucks a pop? Are you kidding me? There is nothing this man can do that that, that people will find wrong with. I I don't really know that that's true. I think it's true. 100% think it's true. I mean, are there more here? Like, here's another one. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, no, I want them all. Bring all of the Trump NFTs here. 
Oh yeah, yeah. This this one goes hard in the paint right here. Yeah. <laughs> that one's perfect with him at the the stock market. That's perfect. Let's see what else. Are there any more? Oh, as him as a butler or a waiter at Ruth's Chris. No. Look at that. Oh yeah. He hasn't been that slim since he was in military school. Give me a break. That waistline hasn't been seen in 50 fucking years. Yeah, then look like this person posts this like that's this is reality. <laughs> look at that. Dude, he's like at a 28 and then the other picture. He's definitely a 44 in that picture. Come on, Mr. Trump. Come on, man. Come on back. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love Hey, you know what, though? Like Christopher, Christopher said, he quoted P.T. Barnum. There is a sucker born every minute. Oh, God. Is that Hillary Clinton? Yeah. Oh, disgusting. I don't even want to see that. You imagine she sold NFTs. The same, the, the same people on the other side of the spectrum would have bought them, too. There's, right. the, there's no end to the, the, the retarded behavior. None. None. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe this one, too? No, it's a, it's a joke. I just thought it was funny. Oh, okay, okay. I, I would, I would have bought that with him as the dick and balls. Right. I would have bought that and put it over my kitchen table. It's like it's really giving big dick energy, you know. <laughs> Fat dick spirit. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. Oh, uh, there's Hillary's face again. I'm gonna throw up. I can't. I don't know who would buy this shit. Like, I, I get that. Like, people, ha it's a cool fucking thing, right? Oh, NFTs, NFTs. Like, uh, I don't have time for this shit. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, good on you if you're making if you're making it and you're making it work for you and you got people buying your shit. Awesome. I'm just not your target market. No, no, clearly you're not. But here's the thing: if anybody remembers when Barack Hussein Obama, peace be upon him. The 44th president of the United States, I argue one of the smartest presidents this country's had probably in 70 years. God bless. God bless. God bless. Um, he uh, had he didn't make these, but people bought fine China with his face on them. Like there were Barack Obama collectible plates that you could just like, let's say you were having Christmas mm -hmm. or Hanukkah, whatever it is that you do. Not the bitch people. They're like, we don't do Hanukkah. So yet. like. Um, <laughs> I get that there are collect collectible plates, okay? I've always had a extreme disliking for cheesy collectible plates like that. Like I'm talking about like Yeah, you know, like that's fucking that shit's gauche. <laughs> yeah, like why are we like why are we doing this and what the fuck? Like it's literally just to to consume it to buy it and to have it like i i try to buy things with purpose and i try to buy sure. things you know that i'm gonna use like every time you see like a show about hoarders they've always got commemorative plates <laughs> exactly there you go now this no. for the cool price of two dollars and 95 cents you can have yourself a collector barack hussein obama plate to eat your spaghetti and meat sauce or as that's, they say that's so fucking weird though isn't it, it though is, you it imagine, like, i mean it's Christmas just like dinner? like people like obviously like like make fun of people that worship trump but like the left deify barack obama he really oh one that's a great great way to like they, was they, yeah like they do the exact same shit like let's see what donnie trump's are donald trump 
don't know. The only way it could have gotten even better is if um, he would have made Dick Cheney like his vice president. <laughs> like, honestly, like, just, just, just do it. All right. Is this it right here? He's got his own plates. He does. Oh, yeah. Oh, these are, see, the pro, see here, this is the working class plate, ladies and gentlemen. These are paper. Mm-hmm. This is a fine China, like Mr. Barack. These are Trump. <laughs> 45 greatest paper plates. Fucking Walmart. <laughs> I want you to wash that. We're going to use it again for Christmas. That's um, the Trump commemorative plates. <laughs> Don't you dare put that under the faucet. Your mama done told you better. You better go ahead and put, yeah, you, put that you plate inside of a plastic Ziploc baggie and eat off of it because we're going to be saving these plates. They special. Oh. God, you better put that inside of a Ziploc baggie and put your food on top of it. What you ain't messing with my president paper. Plate. <laughs> reach o- reach over there and get your mama her Virginia Slims and hand them to oh. me, please. <laughs> oh, so I'm gonna get these for Thanksgiving, and I'm gonna use them. <laughs> I 100% will do this. Just and nobody sent me the money for Super Male Vitality. I will take it if somebody gives me the money. <laughs> I will take super male vitality and eat, eat off these plates. I'll take super female vitality. You ready like, to fight them globalists? I'm ready to have any type of. Don't don't you know, forget your colloidal silver. Yeah, any of that. Like I'm ready. Let's just. go. Why do you want to take super female vitality? I, I, I'm tired. Okay. Maybe it'll wake me up. Maybe I'm it'll angry. like fucking. I've had enough of these people. Right. Look at this one. Keep America great. These are yeah. These are. Paper plates. Barack is a man of class. Trump, Trump souvenir breakout commemorative paper plates. Oh man, uh, <laughs> you got to say the you... whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> which one do you like better, this one or the original one that we saw? You know, I mean, this one's a little bit more festive, but that other one is just—it's—it's, it's, you know, it says "My President." Yeah, you know, I like that one, and. uh I think that, you know, if you're going to go ahead and go with these plates, I think, you know, we need to go with Donald Trump is my president. <laughs> God bless. We're going to save these for the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> your, un- your Uncle Ronnie's going to come over with his with his Mexican fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ronnie with the Mexican fireworks. Oh, my God. This is such a good thing we're not on YouTube anymore. <laughs> be so banned uh, oh man yeah so yeah so hey listen guys there's um, a sucker born every minute uh is uh christopher quoted the great pt <laughs> e. barnum uh but i still think that barack's plate is far more classy if i was going to have uh an official family dinner uh you're gonna want to serve and eat on actual you know bone china and that would be barack's face uh definitely his but but you know the paper plate that's the people's plate that's the working class plate this trump knows his audience knows him well but yeah so that's what i was referring to if you feel sorry for people that continuously get grifted by this guy really believing that he's going to save them or like he's the real president still and this is the deep state like i i really think that the trump derangement syndrome goes both ways and it's just sad. It, it really is sad because you, no matter what, people will never let go of him being the villain or the savior. Either way, like it's forever going to be in this continuous cycle. Like 
people still talk about him. Like, I mean, I, he hasn't been relevant in a while since he lost. We have a man right. who gets wrangled by the Easter Bunny with the nuclear football. Like, we have bigger fish to fry. We've moved on. We have moved on to more retarded behavior coming out of the White House, um, including that one trans person that showed her tits on the lawn with kids walking around. But whatever, you know, whatever. Like, what um, is the world come to? It's it's hilarious. It, right? it, it really it's is. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun circus. Yes, man. it's a hoot. <laughs> it's tin horn planet with tin horn fun. Um, it's great. Now, speaking of a former employee of Mr. Trump, uh, the bitch shoot people are really going to enjoy this and be like, well, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Flynn, uh, former advisor, you're going to like this. He blames Jews for dying in the in Auschwitz. So for those of you who know nothing, Auschwitz was one of the extermination camps the Third Reich ran that killed, I think, 20,000 people a day. In fact, they diverted resources from the Eastern Front instead of fighting the Russians or the Soviet Union, the Red Army. They were like, no, we need more of that stuff. The trains, we need that. We need to kill more Jews. The guys on the Eastern Front are just going to have to deal with it. Um, that's the kind of, So this is Auschwitz, which was in Poland, modern-day Poland. So this is going to enjoy this. Former Donald Trump advisor Michael Flynn blamed the Jews for the deaths of all the children who died, Auschwitz, concentration camp during the Holocaust. Speaking at an event in Michigan, figures, at the beginning of August, clips of which have gone viral on social media, Flynn, recounting a trip of his to Auschwitz, said that mothers, quote, willingly gave their children over to the Nazis, trains to be shipped off to Auschwitz. Flynn said that the mothers would have essentially let their children be packed at the trains like a sardine. Okay. Early on, they really didn't know. They thought they were being taken out of war zones to be taken care of. And then it didn't take long before the word got out because people started to escape. The former U.S. National Security Advisor said they started to realize, hey, there's actually they're actually taking you there and they're doing some really sick things. Flynn said he asked a very, very astute historian who was walking with him about the rules for the guards because they there weren't any guards, but there were thousands of people that just said, okay, here's my child, and got on the train. Talk about being in the valley of the shadow of death. The former general's remarks were some of a longer speech that were included, that included, excuse me, other controversial statements, such as talking about how the Bible would be rewritten by artificial intelligence. However, in his words about the Holocaust, they sparked backlash from the Auschwitz Memorial Museum in Poland, which described the flaws behind Flynn's accounts. The assertion that the Jews could have easily resisted during deportations to extermination simply due to their numerical strength compared to the guards oversimplifies oversimplifies the dire circumstances they faced during the Holocaust. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's go ahead. I mean, first of all, what are you going to do? All right, here we go. This motherfucker has got some goddamn balls. That's that's all I'm going to say about that. That's all I'm going to say about that. He's got some motherfucking balls going up on stage wherever the fuck he is. In Michigan. Talking his goddamn bullshit, running at the fucking mouth when these individuals who were, quote, packed into the train cars like sardines had no weapons to defend themselves and had guns pointed at them Okay, and they were terrorized and victimized and starving. 
and starving and 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 and, so and. yes the sheer number of ss guards made resistance nearly impossible the skepticism surrounding the stories of death camps is understandable considering the unprecedented nature of the holocaust we can't expect people at that time to fully grasp the extent of the horrors they faced especially given the manipulative tactics of the nazis the memorial said adding Blaming victims for not resisting more distorts history as it ignores the bigger picture and context of the complex and challenging situation they were in and the oppression they faced. Rejecting these kinds of narration is vital because it unfairly shifts the blame from perpetrators to the people who suffered. This is not the first time Mr. Flynn has sparked backlash for both Holocaust distortion and perceived anti-Semitism. In 2022, Flynn compared supporters of the U.S. far right with the victims of the Holocaust. <clears throat> I'm sure they would not like that comparison. And also said that the Jews should have resisted more against being sent to the trains to Auschwitz. Again, recounting a visit to the concentration camp and noting a machine gun nest at the end of the train tracks, he said that he thought to himself, Jesus, how could somebody stand there and just allow these people to do that to them? And then knowing what they knew, how could they get on the train? I would rather attack the machine gun nests. But you right. but you weren't there and you weren't starving to death, which means you couldn't fight back. And you ha- they were going to die anyway, whether they charged the machine gun nest or they didn't. Um, right. the, the, the sentence had been passed, Mr. Flynn. Um, at a 2021 rally, Flynn came under fire after calling for the U.S. just to have one religion. Let me guess. Ein Volk, Ein Führer, <laughs> Ein, ein uh, whatever, uh, Ein Satzgruppen. That's what it is. So, yeah, this guy worked for Mr. Trump, a uh, brilliant thinker, uh, top-notch thinker. And um, I don't see – we're so fortunate that we don't – I would have been on that train. Most people would have been on the train. There was, uh, I forget, uh, what is it called? Average Men? That uh, Jordan Peterson always hawks this book. And there's a reason why. Because it shows the psychology behind how it would be so easy for you to be a death camp guard and fall into place. Mm -hmm. Just like it would be easy for every single person. I mean, again, here in the United States of America, yeah, you can shoot back. Okay. But these people did not have that option. But I think also what individuals have to consider, and I'm going to put something into context real quick, that Naomi, is it her name, Naomi Park, the one that escaped North Korea through China by becoming a sex slave? Uh, she's been on a bunch of podcasts. Yeah. She did a book. I don't know if I'm getting her name right. I've, you have to forgive um, me. Let me, I have her book. Naomi, it starts with a Y. Yeah, I think it starts with a okay, Y. Okay, I, I beg your pardon. She talked about the levels of starvation in North Korea, where they were eating tree bark and going to the mountains to find plants and bugs and shit like that to eat, right? Okay. Quantify that by not getting anything to eat and freezing, being cold. How are you going? Like, you can't fight back when you have no energy. It's you know me. You know me. Okay. It's Y-E-O-N-M-I. You know me, Park. Okay. Thank you. I think that's how you pronounce it. Great book. Incredibly depressing. Great book. But the, you can't fight back when you're starving to death. There's no fighting back. You have no energy. You're saving all of your energy for just trying to survive, let alone uh, charging the machine gun nest. What are, you, what are you talking about? What a shitty perspective from an uneducated buffoon. 
I can't believe this guy actually was a general. I, I just, what a retard. Um, zero out of 10. And uh, the U.S. should have one religion. <laughs> yeah, we do have one. Uh, it's called, there is no religion. Um, there's no official state religion in the United States of America. But anyway, yeah, so I thought that that was interesting. Uh, quite a remarkable perspective from someone who actually visited the location and came up with these awesome conclusions because he's a fucking genius. Absolute genius. Now, to bring you more of the same, Christopher and I had kind of talked about this, about the banks <laughs> and the, uh, the downgrade that's come. So you're going to like this one. This is from The Hill. Okay, everybody ready for this? <laughs> Possible downgrade. For banks on the horizon, Fitch Ratings analyst Chris Wolf warned dozens of U.S. banks, including J.P. Morgan Chase, could face downgrades if the ratings agency assessment of the industry's health declines further. Wolf was the lead author on Fitch's commentary when the ratings agency lowered its operating environment score for U.S. banks from AA to AA- in June. Fitch cited its recent decision to downgrade the country's credit rating gaps in the regulatory framework and uncertainty around interest rates. The move went largely unnoticed because they did not prompt downgrades on banks' individual ratings. But if Fitch downgrades the industry score further from trip from AA- minus to A+, the agency would be forced to reevaluate ratings on each of the more than 70 U.S. banks it covers, Wolf said in an exclusive interview with CNBC's Hugh Son. Okay? Wolf said if institutions like Chase are cut, Fitch would have to at least consider downgrades on its peers' ratings, which could push weaker lenders towards non-investment-grade status. While the bank downgrade represents a real risk, Wolf clarified that it was not a foregone conclusion. He declined to speculate on the timing of the downgrade and its potential impact on firms with lower ratings. Wolf's comments came on the heels of of recent downgrades that have disrupted markets. Last week, Moody's Investor Service downgraded 10 U.S. banks, placed major lenders, including Truist Financial and Bank of New York Mellon, under review for potential downgrades and changed the outlook for 11 banks to negative. Folks, if anything we've learned from 2007, 2008, the next one is going to be really bad. Whatever it is, it's going to be nasty. So get ready, because if they're putting this out here. Don't worry, our banking system isn't broken. <laughs> it's the most secure in the world. So what do yeah. we do? Take our money out? I, you know what? I can't offer financial advice on this show. But what I say is cash is king. Cash is king. So if you got it, you better hold on to it. Uh, who knows? I mean, again, I'm still waiting for the chips to fall from the housing market bubble, but that hasn't cracked yet. And I don't know if the state is going to try to reinforce that because if it does crack, if it does bust, excuse me, we're looking at catastrophic failure. Uh, I I don't know how this is going to work out. I I don't know. But if they're talking about it, I would pay attention. That's that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that. So keep that in mind as we go forward. Um, into the uh the rest of the year which is crazy we're you know almost in the fall already here in this country it's it's insane how fast i know i can't i can't wait i love the fall yeah it's i'm not sweating to death every day which is always nice you know that's i heard that man it's been so goddamn hot i know i mean i'm i like i feel like i'm always sweating oh yeah it's just it's the kevin james joke where you're working out no it's peeling an orange no like i walk 
<laughs> just I'm so out of shape. I don't fat fuck. Like I walk up the steps and I'm like, <sighs> I need to, I need to fucking like, you know, and I, it's not that I don't walk upstairs because I do. <laughs> it's just when I walk upstairs in areas where there's no fucking air conditioning, I'm like, what is happening to my lungs? <laughs> See, I walk my dog because I, I have, uh, have been working uh, from my home. Uh, for my job so i take my dog out in the morning at 5 30 and then i take him out on the lunch break and lately the humidity has been so high that even on today when it was noticeably cooler mm -hmm. i'm still drenched in in fucking sweat because the humidity has been so the dew point that's, is ridiculously high that's my least favorite is when you wake up like because like it, it has been humid in the morning like even like early in the morning like it's not cool and it's it, mm -hmm. at least it doesn't feel cool and the air's thick and humid i hate that feeling <laughs> yeah for sure can't stand it it's 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 a zero out of ten but yeah um so yeah i'm looking forward to fall too and of course uh cooler temperatures halloween and then the festivities that halloween kicks off which is the greatest holiday of them all thanksgiving uh, <laughs> god bless an excuse um, to eat food <laughs> now going i want to shift real quick to lord commander desantis ruler of all the floridas <laughs> um he's saying some crazy shit as always uh i like captain ron he runs hot um <laughs> a lot of funny shit captain ron um <laughs> captain ron. Cap ron remember that movie some yeah. of the audience is too young to know what we're yeah oh yeah but yeah there was a movie called captain ron um <laughs> So, Lord Commander DeSantis wants to use drone strikes against Mexican drug cartels. All right. So, buckle up, buckaroos. I'm excited <laughs> to hear this. Republican presidential candidate and Florida ruler Ron DeSantis suggested using drone strikes against Mexican drug cartels. DeSantis, at an Iowa campaign event, said he would use, quote, whatever force we need to combat Mexican drug cartels. Of course he would. When asked <laughs> if drones, <laughs> when drone strikes on Mexican soil were on the table. We will lean in against the drug cartels. We will absolutely reserve the right if they're invading our country and killing our people. We have the right to defend this country, he said. We have the right to hold them accountable, and it's not just if they happen to come over our border. If Mexico is not going to help us with that, then we're going to have to do what we have to do. DeSantis equates the cartels to a foreign terrorist organization, blaming them for killing tens of thousands of Americans annually, possibly referring to the U.S. overdose deaths linked to drug trafficked by, drugs trafficked by the cartels. And that might be true. DeSantis' remarks come amid of his ongoing conflict with the Mexican government over his state's immigration policy and treatment of migrants. These comments echo a growing sentiment among Republicans from military intervention in Mexico, former President Donald John Trump has recently asked for battle plans for Mexico if reelected. DeSantis recently signed a new law removing fentanyl test strips from the state's list of prohibited drug paraphernalia, a move expected to curb opioid overdoses. So we have a choice in this country. You either have a man with uh, the beginnings of Alzheimer's or we have a soon to be convicted criminal and a guy and both the convicted criminal and the ruler of Florida want to go to war with Mexico because we got to do something. So there's there hasn't been a war since 2021. We need to get after one. And, you know, we don't have to go far. Mexico's right there. They're saying, right, we can walk there. 
You don't even need to fly them in. And they're going to do dude. Uh, like dude. whenever you boil a statement down to the like most basic level, it's like Captain Ron just going, eh, send robots to kill the Mexicans. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's so terrible, but it's true. But the thing is, there are Pakistani children right now who won't go outside if it's clear because of drone strikes. And now we're going to do that to our neighbors to the south. Right. Great idea, because the drug cartels totally won't hide among the population, because that's what all groups do when they're being fucking targeted, right? They're like, we're going to mix in and try to disappear, and the Predator drone's going to be like, I think I see a Mexican cartel right there at this birthday party. That ain't a quinceanera. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck me, man. It's a quinceanera. Oh, my God. That ain't a baptism. That's a fentanyl plant inside that church. Because <laughs> that's what they do. I'm really, I'm really laughing just because the idea is so ludicrous, man. Like when you say it, you know. But that's what they would uh, do because they've uh, done it. This is such oh, a know. bad idea. Oh, it's a terrible idea. Like, oh, it's my just... God. This is what the American people have to choose from. And Gary Johnson couldn't find Aleppo because he was high during an interview. God save him. Poor man. Um, what's George, Joe Jorgensen? Is she doing anything anymore? Or is Dave Smith going to run for president for the Libertarian Party? It doesn't matter. They're not going to win. So who cares? Um, good luck to them. Now, right, right, yeah. Yeah. And proud we are of all of the Libertarians. God bless. Um, <laughs> did you hear? We just got a guy elected. To dog catcher in Knox County, Oklahoma. I don't even know. Those are, I don't even know if that really exists. But they'd be like, "That's a big success on the ticket this year." Uh, we got 0.03 percent of the vote in the uh, presidential, but we did get a dog catcher in Oklahoma. And that's that's a big victory right there. Send your dollars in. I wish the Libertarian Party did better. I really do. But right, it's just. I mean, really. What what is the defining difference between them? Like you had the Mises Caucus take over the party, right? Okay, great. But who are you going to run? Are they going to be the same fucking candidates? Like, what is the national agenda? Anti-war, good. Yes, great. What else? What else? How are you going to appeal like, to the you know, We're going to run Gary Johnson. <laughs> That's an yeah. exciting fucking candidate. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, the commercials for him and Bill Weld, the ex-Republican anti-gun governor of fucking Massachusetts, where Bill Weld is like, come on, come on, you know, <laughs> vote, you can vote for. Can you find that angel? Can you find Gary Johnson uh, vote uh, political ad with Bill Weld? I, I would like to play that for everybody. I hadn't planned on doing this, but now that my memory has been triggered, I can't believe that 2016 was that long ago already. It's insane. Gary Johnson and Gary Johnson political ad TV. Let's see what it says and see if you get a video. Cause there's a part where Bill Weld goes, come on. Like he's trying to ask a girl to come home with him. Come in. Tongue my balls. Come in. I can't stand these people. Did you find it? Is it out there? I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm- I'm trying. I'm doing my best. I know, I know you're doing your best. It was on the spot. I apologize for that. But we got to have it. Like, just like, you know, if we need to play the Alex Jones song, here we go. Is this it? Yeah, let's go. Let's see. Gary Johnson. What he believes in two minutes. 
libertarians are fiscally conservative, and socially they really don't give a damn as long as you don't force your social whatever it is on anybody else. I do not support a federal minimum wage. I do not believe in the death penalty. I absolutely support a woman's right to choose. Deporting 11 million illegal immigrants I think is a crazy notion. I think that we should embrace immigration. Libertarians are non-interventionists. The fact that we militarily intervene in other countries' affairs, uh, I think, has the unintended consequence of making things less safe in the world. Talking about marriage equality and uh, gay rights, libertarians have been at the forefront of this since uh, 71, since the inception of the Libertarian Party. I don't think the federal government should be involved in telling states how they should deal with transgender issues. In my opinion, transgender uh, people should be allowed to use any bathroom that they want. We need to end the drug war. If I could wave a magic wand, I would eliminate in income tax, I would eliminate corporate tax, I would abolish the IRS because it would no longer be needed to collect those taxes, and I would uh, replace it all with one federal consumption tax. If Congress were to pass legislation that would allow um, privatization of Social Security, I would sign on to that. I think the campaign ref uh, finance reform that should take place is unlimited campaign contribution. Uh, but 100% transparency. If I'm elected president of the United States and Congress submits to me any legislation to abolish any agency, I'm going to sign on to that. A couple of uh, agencies stick out. One would be housing and urban development. Another one would be uh, the Department of Education. When you watch television, when you read the newspaper, there are only two parties running, Democrats and Republicans. Well, that's not true. Okay, so that's not the one you're looking for. That was not the one I was looking for, but that's okay. Uh, you get a taste of what Gary Johnson was uh, was up to. Um, uh, Gary Johnson, I don't know. That, I typed it in. It's uh, him and Bill Weld. Well, okay, Gary Johnson yeah. and Bill Weld. Yeah, W-E-L-D. W, w what? E-L-D. W-E-L-D, that's what's up there. Okay, I can't read it from here, but that's fine. I don't have my glasses. Okay. <laughs> Let me get my glasses one, so maybe I'll see it. Is there two E's or one E? No, E, one E. You want this one? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this might be it. This might be it. Throughout our history... Our forefathers brought about the greatest change known to mankind. Generations of men and generations of women gradually develop an idea to believe that one day people like me and people like you will have the power to control our own fate. But freedom wasn't free. It was paid for by the hard work and perseverance they birthed the revolution. They sacrificed their lives so we can inherit and pass the same freedom down to our future generations. I heard from many that they didn't want to waste their vote. Wasting your vote is voting for somebody that you don't believe in. I'm running for president of the United States. I am the third party. The freedom to live. Okay, this isn't it, but that's the all right. The freedom to love. Find it. 
I'm not going to worry about it right now. The freedom to dream. It was Bill Weld who got on there, and he was like, come on. And it was very creepy because he's an old white guy, and he's very strange. But anyway, but Gary Johnson couldn't find where Aleppo uh, was on a map, and they made fun of him because he had done a lot of drugs before the interview, and that was the end of that. Not that he had a chance to win anyway. You heard what he wants to eliminate, right? You really think they're going to let him fucking do that? (laughs) Come on! (laughs) Come on! As soon as Uh... housing and urban development, racist! That is a racist position, sir. You're done. You're canceled. It is over. Um, I got some good news, though. Um, some good stuff here. I'd like to end the show on some, uh, depending on your perspective, a little positivity. Uh, I don't know if I, this is from uh, the 15th of August. An investigation is underway after someone set two marked Asheville, North Carolina Police Department vehicles on fire early Monday, August 14th. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Let's remember, go. remember, government property being destroyed. I don't. I have nothing to say. Uh, the destroyed, right. ve- yeah, the destroyed vehicles were not occupied at the time of the attack. <laughs> During this time, <laughs> d- listen to the correlation. Okay. During this time, an anarchist book fair was being hosted in Asheville. News thirteen reports. Could it be? <laughs> all, on Thursday, all Asheville City Council members except Kim Rooney. And Antoinette Mosley signed a letter regarding solutions for public safety in the community. The letter mentioned approaches in preventing crime and investing in the police department. Hours after that, council member Maggie Uhlman took to social media to say someone went to her home and slashed her car tires and smashed her windows. ADP Chief David Zach told News 13 earlier that the timeline of the letter Ullman's slash tires, the anarchist book fair, and the APD vehicle fires is suspicious. Asheville Fraternal Fraternal Order of Police President Rundell Lance believes the vandalism was sparked by an anti-police and anti-government mindset within the city. So if you have an anarchist book fair pop up in your town, get ready for slash tires and burnt cop cars. That's the correlation the Asheville police have come up with. They were like, the anarchists are selling books. There must be a reason why our cars were set on fire. The booksellers were not having any of it. Um, I had to laugh like hell at that because it's funny. Um, nobody got it. Anarchists were buying books and they said, you know, obviously we're going to go burn a cop car. Yeah. You know, we're going to buy some books. Let's go burn some cop right. cars. <laughs> Like it's it's like a boyfriend and girlfriend. They have like their little bag of books, you know. What I mean, maybe they're ancoms or whatever. And they look at each other and they see two cop cars that are unoccupied. They're like, "Hey, babe, could you hold my bag real quick? I'm gonna get this Molotov cocktail I had ready already, because I knew the pigs would be here." And just go set the cock. You know what I mean? Then they looked up the city council member and slashed their tires. <laughs> All of this happened because of the anarchist book fair. We need to ban anarchist book fairs that's the solution to the problem of violence against the asheville city council and their tires and police cars god bless um the anarchist book fair job well done i'm sure they had nothing to do with it and if they did i i, I have nothing to say um a government yeah, no opinion <laughs> no opinion government employees tires got slashed the two pieces of government equipment that was paid for by the taxpayer got destroyed no private homes or businesses? Yeah, oh, big sad. <laughs> I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Terribly sorry. Uh, we send our condolences, thoughts, and prayers for the cop cars. <laughs> God bless. Um, 
but yeah, that's all I have for this week. Uh, I know we went there a couple of different directions. Again, we, we love you and thank you for your support of the show. Don't forget we have Patreon. If you want to get the extra episode, that's great. Two bunk, two bucks, little man, put that shit in my hand. If that money doesn't show, then you owe me. Oh, me. Oh, my jungle love. Oh, we, oh, we, oh, you got it. Um, Angel, do you have anything before we wrap up? Bit you. Bit you. Thank you very much. Christopher, my friend, do you have anything before we wrap up? Nope. All right. Christopher also says bit you. This is Maybe. true. If you want to. <laughs> yeah. You know. If you want we to. Don't if, not, if not, it's cool. You know, That's right. But, we don't coerce people. Yeah, you do whatever you want. You do whatever you want. You do but you want. Uh, I'd like to thank my friends for hanging out with us, uh, all of us together. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much for listening. Appreciate all of you guys. I'd like to thank our sponsors. Of course, of course, Nexus.com, premier sponsor of these guys in that podcast. I also like to thank Ray Faba, Fine Art and Design from the Great Lakes, Team Mandalore, Keep Cycling Very Weird, and I Paint Akron, where all accidents are happy accidents. Don't forget about Fairly Decent Golf and our friend Bobby on TikTok and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, we just got done talking about how sweaty and disgusting things have been with the humidity and the oncoming heat. I looked ahead because I'm a weather guy. I love that because I walk my dog a lot. I like to know what the weather is. And while this coming Friday is going to be a high of 73 in the Soviet motherland of Ohio, in our part, the subsequent week is going to be in the high 80s. Nasty weather coming. Really hot, high dew points, which means lots of sweat, lots of disgusting smells. Because, you know, even if you do a three-stroke minimum on each pit, that's one, two, three, with the pit stick, you know you're going to get some stink going on. You know if you're working out there in a warehouse, out there at the job site, like our friend Elliot's working construction, you know you're going to be sweating it up. You're going to stink. You're going to have all this disgusting shit happening to you. Your body's going to be nasty. Nobody wants that. Let's say you're going on a date after work. If you wear Todd's Gay Soap as a shield against the stink, the fat fold, sweat, the under tit, all of it, the belly button, uh, the, the, the gooch, as it were, dung, ditch, ass, crack, all that good stuff. Take care of the biggest organ you have. Please take care of yourself. Use Todd's Gay Soap. It is medicine for your body. It helps fight the stink. And, of course, it is um, a product that we believe in. Angel uses the Gay Soap. We've given away Gay Soap. It is effective. It is good. And as one of our patrons says, uh, her ass was incredibly clean, squeaky clean. So, please. Take a look at what Todd's making. I know he's made some new soap. Use Todd's Gay Soap. Protect yourself from the summer of the heat, the sweat, the stink, because Todd's Gay Soap is... Stone-coated. And if you want to cut back on that booty itch, power wall said, dung ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.